see them watching movies and staying up past midnight. Heads talking as the lights are turning on. They're so bright. And walk right out to their own cars as to mics when they both get back. Both get back. And I sense a discussion humming in a frenzy. All oh, they get to talk about some scenes. Boys on film. 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 Welcome back to Boys on film. If you came here expecting to see the last episode of Cage Cast, you're a month early. Because uh, we just have busy times for the next few weeks between vaccinations, family visits, and flower classes. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And uh, yeah, we were trying to figure out what we were going to watch, and part of the problem is Devin sees a lot of movies. Yeah. And I don't see as many movies as I used to, so finding something that we would both not have seen that came out and that also did not cost $20 to rent uh, was a, a challenge. Yeah. So uh, we have decided to watch Love and Monsters, which... Came out last year, kind of, sort of. Sort of, not really. Yeah, but it's apparently got an Oscar nomination for something in it. For best visual effects. Fair enough. So uh, we're not doing Cage for Oscars. We can't go through when I was going to reveal all the different people who are nominated for Academy Awards this year who have done films with Nicolas Cage. Oh, we have truly lost out. We have, mostly because I was going to try to guess, you, know, you both to try to guess which, there's only two actors who have worked with Cage, which two it was. Because <laughs> it's not the one you'd think it is. For any of the best Oscar nominations, or? For any of the people who are up for an acting award this year. <laughs> One of them's Frances McDormand. That, that's I'll just give that yeah. a given. We saw her in uh, Raising Arizona. But who Which do you think, Luke, wild. is the other one? Not really. She's married to what's she's married to what's his name? To one of the Coens. Yeah. But, so she's uh, like in all their movies. Oh, screw you, New York Times website. I just wanted the list of best actor nominations. Oh. Or if you Why just go to Wikipedia, that you could also do that too. I guess old old ninety third Oscar nominations mm-hmm. winners and no mayonnaise. Would that? I I feel like it's either Gary Oldman or Glenn Close. It is neither. Oh. It's also not a movie oh. I have seen either. 
with the cage in it. Now, are you a fan of this actor or actress? Yes. Okay. Well, and I have some ideas of what you have and have not seen. Um, Correction, this the Cage film is the film I have not seen. Oh, okay, because you have seen all of the Oscar nominations? Uh, everything except for Glenn Close and Minari, which I'll watch this afternoon. You mean in... Oh, Hillbilly Elegy. I have not watched Hillbilly Elegy, and I have not watched Minari. Fair enough. And Minari, I will for sure be watching this afternoon. Hillbilly Elegy, from what I hear, maybe. Yeah, I I hear it's one of those dumb movies written by a guy who wants to just appeal to what people believe the Appalachian Mm -hmm. culture is, and now he's trying to turn that into a weird political springboard, which is bad. Uh, also, okay. to you outside of Dayton is not Appalachia, but sure. What? My mom is complaining about it because she's like, uh, right outside of Dayton is not Appalachia, but sure, whatever. No, no, like that's as far in Ohio as you can be from the Appalachian Mountains. Directed by uh, professional yes man, Ron Howard. Uh, okay. So, is this someone that I would expect to have been in a cage? Okay, so that means that it would probably be someone who is a newer actor or actress. And so that means that it's probably not a Gary Oldman or a Chadwick Boseman or a Carrie Mulligan. It is not. Amanda Seyfried? It is not Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> okay, and I'm pretty sure it's not Olivia Coleman or Maria Bakalova. And Cage hasn't done a lot of films with Japanese actresses, weirdly enough, so it's not Yun Jung. Well, she's so that reason, but yes, but actually Cage is going to be a Japanese movie because he's in this weird dude Japanese movie that I would want to see. But yeah, so that knocks out the best supporting actresses. I feel like it's not Viola Davis. Correct, and it is not. Vanessa Kirby, it doesn't seem like it would be her because she has done some like weird low-budget films, but also she has suddenly just sort of kicked up into doing a mix of high-end and like low-end movies. Yes. There are lots of action films, so it could be her, but it's not. She was in both Hobbs and Shaw and The Last Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw is yeah. bad. And that means that it would be Andre Day if it was, but I don't think that that would be her. Uh, no, because like I think this is like the only movie yeah. she's really been in. Yeah, so that brings us down to just Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor. I don't feel like it's Riz Ahmed because he hasn't done a lot of movies. And Chadwick Boseman hasn't done a lot of movies. And Anthony Hopkins is a person who you think would be possible. And Stephen Nguyen is someone who has not done a lot of movies, but I don't think he would have been in one with Cage, which brings it down to Best Supporting Actor. Am I correct so far? You are correct. Stephen Nguyen, first off, was in a lot of weird uh, 
horror films that are on Shutter, which also has lots of cage weird horror films. So your, your reasoning is wrong, but you're correct. He is not. Okay, so that brings us down to the Best Supporting Actors column, which would be between Sasha Barrett Cohen, which would be a surprise if it was him. But I also feel like Sasha Baron Cohen being in a movie like The Trial of Chicago 7 is like when, uh, ooh, uh, what's his name? Um, when he was in a Loving versus or uh, no, the movie Loving, um, Nick Kroll was in Loving. Oh, which yeah. would make it a surprise. Daniel Kaluuya, or Kaluuya, I, I don't know if that would be a surprise. So uh, it I won't I won't be... answer until you make your guess. <sighs> you were correct. It is in this five. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like it's got to be Leslie Odom Jr. has been in a movie with Nicolas Cage. It is not. It is Keith Stanfield. Ah, oh, damn it. They were both in the Edward Snowden movie. Fuck. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. Yeah. Christ. All and right, then, well. And then many of the costumers and uh, makeup people have worked in films. Such as Captain Crowley's Mandolin or Guarding Tess was one of them, too. Okay. Well... I'd say we could play this with Abby the next episode she is on because she does not listen to the podcast. But also, I don't think she would have a fun time playing it the way that I did. True. Plus, we're also, we would be a month out of the Oscars at that point. Fair enough. So, uh, anyways, we're going to watch Love and Monsters, which is something you can rent and... Uh, I don't know anything else you want to say before we get into this? Been watching anything good or reading? Oh anything yeah, good? let's talk about all the movies that I've been watching recently. So we've been going up to Oscar time. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the diary on Letterboxd. Yeah, promising young woman was great. Weezer, okay, human live with the LA Film Harmonic was great. That's right, Weezer did a live concert last weekend. I've been pre-watching more of the female prisoner scorpion jailhouse movies. If you have not seen Luke, you should. Actually, that's really a lot of it. Most of the other Oscar films actually are not been the best. Another round is great with Mads Mikkelsen. Everyone loves Mads. Mm-hmm. Maddie. Everyone loves the Mads, yeah. Shine the Sheep, a movie, and Farmageddon was fun. Oh, nice. Was it a good sequel to the first one? Because I liked that. It was a movie yeah. that I saw on an airplane. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much the same. I saw Cape Fear for the first time. That movie is wild. I mean, I feel like a lot of those Hitchcock films are not really what you expect it to be. No, oh, this is Scorsese. Like, oh, okay. I thought Cape Fear was a Hitchcock 
It might have been. That might have been the original. Mm. I know that Marty did a, the a remake. This is one of De Niro. The one that is parodied in The Simpsons specifically is the Martin Scorsese version. Ah. Uh, well, nope. The original Cape Fear was by J. Lee Thompson. Huh. Who was also famous for The Guns of Navarone. Nice. It also stars Nick Nolte back before the drugs, and you can barely recognize him. They did fuck him up. That they did. J. Lee Thompson also did Casablanca, which sounds like someone just making a bullshit version of Casablanca. Oh, it is literally a remake of Casablanca. Wild. With Charles Bronson. I've also been watching Skate the Infinity. That show's been wild. Nice. It's a skateboard uh, there. With many erotic I, undertones. Abby and I have been rewatching AP Bio. Oh, nice. I which, never saw that. Oh, it is worth it. Like, it sort of follows the community escalation in terms of, like, the first season is pretty contained, but it's well written. And then by the third season, it's like, oh, what, what the fuck is going on here? This is great. Like, they do a episode where it's... The first ten minutes are all previously on for episodes that haven't happened. And then five minutes of continuing those storylines. And then another, like, ten minutes of next time on. Nice. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I actually like Patton Oswalt in. Because I know you're a bigger fan of Patton Oswalt. I do enjoy the Pat. So... Uh, yeah, and then I've been reading some manga again. I got caught up on Dr. Stone, and now I'm Neat. reading Matama Security Spirit Busters. Neat. Mm-hmm. I've heard the manga for, or the anime for Dr. Stone is also very good. Are you familiar with what Dr. Stone is about? Yes. I'm in charge of buying the, uh, manga. For the library system. Ah. Uh, and I know the, that's the hot one, so I had to buy that, whatever that Demon Slayer thing is. Yeah. I mean, have you bought Chainsaw Man for the library? Not yet. Oh, Chainsaw Man is the shit. The new ones that we're adding, we're adding that one, we're adding that Spy... X-Spy... Mm-hmm. Or Spy Family, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Those are big. Um, Rented Girlfriend's big. We're ordering those. Yeah. 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 I mean, I also love High School Family, Kosuki Kosugai. Because that's great. Neat. It's got a cat going to high school. I did watch the anime but, uh, for once. I thought that was great. Uh, Way of the House Husband. I heard the animation on that wasn't great. That's because it's weird because some it's of it's not like, a lot of animation. Correct. I heard it described as motion comic esque. Kind of. It's no. 
Because I remember watching those motion comics. No, it is significantly better than that. Okay. I I joined a. But they're also but they're also rushing that one out because they're trying to get it out. Fair. The big thing with I, that one is it needs to have an ongoing plotline soon, otherwise it's going to wear very thin. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's the same joke over and over again. Which the joke is funny, and you can apply it to different situations, but at a certain point, you are going to run out of the joke. Oh, yeah, and I mean, there's other manga that are like it. I also ended up reading uh, Sakamoto Days, which is sort of a similar premise where it's the world's former best assassin is now uh, married, has a kid, and runs a convenience store, and he just keeps having other assassins try and kill him, and then he does not murder them, and they just end up working with him at the store. Neat. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, that finished Persona 5 Strikers. Nice. I started replaying Dragon Quest Builders too because I just wanted to build stuff. And I'm neat. continuing on with Animal Crossing. Less neat. But neat. Mm-hmm. I mean, new Pokemon Snap is coming out, and I'm going to be excited about that. Yeah, that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. And new Ratchet and Clank is coming out. And hey, we're both almost fully vaccinated. Yeah. Then we'll be invincible. For a second, I, my mind just went to the, the animated show, or the animated adaption on Amazon. Have you watched that at all? The what? Invincible. No. Have you read the comic? Yeah, like part of the first volume. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've been talking enough about without getting into the movie, so we should probably just get into the movie. Love and Monster is about a boy who's trying to find a girl after the monsters have attacked or something. Yeah, I wonder if this is just going to be Zombieland with uh, monsters. Mildly. I have heard the... One critic I follow on uh, Letterboxd says that he enjoyed it more than it, though. Anyways, I think that's a sign that we should go in and uh, get the movie started. So I will see you on the other side of Love and Monsters. Farewell, Luke. Bruce. Cookies on Dow. And we are back from Love and monsters in this economy what yes i enjoyed it it was fun it was fine uh i feel like the newer stuff they tried to do or some of the stuff that i saw people talking about where it's like oh this is so creative it's like uh Nothing really surprising happened in this movie. The The production design was great. Yeah. Like, the monsters all looked cool, and... That's why it's up for the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. <laughs> and then it's going to lose for some fucking... Oh, we made a fake period piece house in its own green screen, just like Mandalorian. It's going to lose to Tenet. 
Oh, I didn't watch Tenet. I didn't either. But no, actually, that's the thing. I was telling my coworkers because I always check off like which of the movies for the Oscars I've seen before the uh, noms come out. Mm-hmm. Almost every year, I have seen the best visual effects films way before the Oscar times. This year, none. Well, what else is up for? Uh, Tenants up. Uh, let's see. It's uh, Tenants up. Love and Monsters is up. The one and only Ivan is up. Uh, what were the ones? Oh, uh, Midnight well, Sky, and then Move On. Oh, I was well. It's up for best visual effects, which it's it's saying it's Birds of Prey, Bloodshot, Mong. No, because that doesn't make sense. Because yeah, I don't know what you're looking at. Oh, oh, those were shortlisted. Oh, okay. How did Birds of Prey not end up on this? Because Birds of Prey looked great. It did. I guess for it, it's like, what what visual effects, I don't know, do we have? I guess. CG, CGI wasn't quite as high in those ones. No. For that one, I'm, I, it's more of it should have been like up for like costuming and such. Mm-hmm. And... Like they did some good cinematography stuff, but yeah, uh, I, I texted you like ten minutes in, and I was just like, "I don't like this guy. He should die." I thought it was fine. He just kind of felt like generic male teen protagonist, but I guess I also haven't starring seen him Dylan before. O'Brien, generic teen male protagonist, and all those hit YA novels that we love. He just has a weird squeaky voice. Yeah. I also don't have like the connection that I had to say a Jesse Eisenberg or a Michael Sarah. That's because you look like Jesse Eisenberg. Oh. Got I mean, him. Yeah. Well, Got my him. hair hasn't My hair hasn't been that long since like college. It's fair. Now I go to an actual barber every like two months. Neat. Um. But yeah, I guess I didn't have a connection to him, so it's just like I, I don't care about him. I understand he's the main character, but he did not have any charisma for me to latch onto, and. He he basically just make out of drawings and the radio and a cook of the minestrone. And he, and he talks to horny. robots. Yeah. And cows. And cows. And he has his best and then pal, eventually the dog. Dogs. Uh-huh. That dog was great. I love that dog. <laughs> Show me more movies with dog actor hero. Plus better than other hit dog post-apocalyptic film, I Am Legend, because this dog lives. Oh, I thought you were going to say a dog and his boy. Or a boy and his dog. No. I mean, that one, the dog talks because it's psychic. Yes. But yeah, I, I, I guess I felt more familiar and able to read the tropes of what was going to happen because my mind has been pretty heavily on to fallout for the past several months because i'm working on that fallout rpg 
Neat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't uh, think it was like a super original, but I thought it was oh, fun. No, but uh, just like reading the reviews, it's just like, oh, it's got some big surprises. And it's like, not not really. Uh, do you want to summarize the story or should I? Uh, yeah, basically, we have uh, some sort of asteroid comes crashing down, which kind of radiates and all cold-blooded animals kind of turn into big super monster things. And that kind of wipes out all of humanity. Humanity hides in bunkers, a.k.a. Fallout. Uh, at one point in time, Dylan O'Brien, the our main lead, uh, was separated from his girlfriend, Jessica Henwick. They kind of connect over radio, and then he decides that he is hoarding for her and decides to go on a seven-day trek to try and find that. Um, he is kind of pathetic, isn't usually able to actually do anything until he is saved by Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker and his little uh, adoptive daughter kind of teach him the ropes, at which point he gets better, makes his way to Jessica Henwick's place. There's another dude there who's offering to help them. Turns out, surprise, he's evil. And then he unleashes a crab monster on them. They realize the crab monster can be their friends, and then the crab monster kills the the bad guy. Yeah. But then he says, yo, I gotta go back and get my peeps. I'm gonna leave you, but then we're gonna go meet up in the mountains to continue to have our relationship. And meet up with Michael Roker and his adoptive daughter. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty simple story. There's some cool monsters but it's also a bit of a oh we could probably tie the entire hero's journey into this thing even the meeting of the goddess when he meets the robots that that was a weird thing because we're just like thing. oh we used to just have all of these robots named Mavis, but they're really fucking shitty robots because if they ever run out of power, they're dead forever. Yeah. Like, I have been reading a bunch of post-apocalyptic stuff, and it's just like, no, there's easy ways, especially at this point, to make batteries to keep the robots that somehow have access to the internet still. Yeah, that was was weird. Like, just very shitty robots. Well, it's even too, it's like you had enough power to, like, run, like, your radios and such. Yeah, and, like, there's lights in their underground bunkers. Yeah. Oh, please, yeah. (sighs) I could have had, like, a robot that had internet access. I would have dragged that fucking thing through (laughs) through the entire jungle to get it to... The next settlement, because yeah, I want that robot. Yeah, this is not a Doctor Stone where it's been three thousand years, so almost everything has fallen apart. Yeah, it's been seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. It's just a weird way to be. Like, I I have no idea why they needed to be like, oh, and here's robots, because if you have that level of robot where. They're also ambulatory and stuff. Mm-hmm. It it's just a weird, weird thing to throw in there. You know, a movie I was thinking about as we watched this. What, Luke? Uh shit. What was the one where it was even more like Fallout, and it had uh, Michael Ironsides? 
Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid. Oh, I never saw Turbo Kid. Oh, Turbo Kid is much better with stylism, and it's also just incredibly over-the-top violet. And then they have Michael Ironside as the big evil bad guy. Yeah, I've seen the pictures for it. Yeah, I've seen that poster a bunch. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you have not seen that. Yeah, I'm surprised too. Uh, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed Turbo Kid a lot more for a kind of just more thought out universe because if you have things that are literally just able to sense vibrations in the ground and rip through things it feels like they would have had a lot more problems probably yeah i'm it did bother me a little bit when they're having like their big rager party on the beach i'm just like (laughs) yeah sand can only dampen so much yeah like, if you make too much noise, like, Michael Rooker is just going to, like, beat you to death anyhow, so. hmm Also, Michael Rooker is great. I loved all the Michael Rooker scenes. Yeah, he was playing the tough-loving father figure. He was playing Michael Rooker, just usually nicer than normal Michael Rooker. hmm He did not threaten to murder him as much. Nope. Yeah, uh... It's good. I probably won't think about it much after. A he, week yeah, or so. well, here, here's why the the one critic I follow is talking about for why he thinks it's a rare type of movie. Mm-hmm. It's a fun, imaginative genre mashing adventure that was made with a modest amount of big studio money and destined for a theatrical release, despite not being adapted from any comic book and did not carry a major star. <laughs> Which is fair. We don't get that a lot these days. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I guess so, but I don't necessarily see it as much of a genre mashup. I was kind of going for your kind of like John Hughes coming of age rom com as well as your monster movie. I don't know if I feel the John Hughes thing as much. It's not all white people in the cast. It was mostly white people. No, the colony was pretty diverse. The old people? Old people were... No, Joel's, Joel's colony. Joel's That's, colony. Well, I was making breakfast when I was when they were on, mostly. So I don't really remember what they looked like. <laughs> okay. What did you have for breakfast? I had some Hungarian bacon and toast. What is Hungarian bacon? It's bacon with the cool sort of spice rub, rub, rubbed onto it and probably a little bit fattier. Ah, uh, Okay. Kind of more, I think more like eating pork belly, but for as a bacon type. Ooh, I do love some real pork belly. Yeah. Yeah. Abby and I had our traditional Nicolas Cage breakfast of fancy quiche. Nice. But yeah. Uh, oh, but his other comment about it too is like, well, it's not based off something. It is obvious it was conceived by someone who saw Zombieland on TV one night and thought to themselves, I can do it better, but with bugs. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's pretty much Zombieland for Fallout, but without really all of the Fallout aesthetics. Yeah. I mean, big post-apocalyptic mutant animals are not a big thing. No. 
I did enjoy the recurring uh, did you steal food joke. Yeah, I mean, that would be something. Yeah. That would definitely be an issue. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy the giant enemy crab at the end. I just kept thinking of the song Crab People from South Park. I just kept thinking about one of the bosses in Pikmin that was a relatively giant crab. Or Attack of the Crab, then, from, uh, what's his name? Roger Corbin. God, I love that man. Corbin has done a lot of classics. Bet he has. Still the man who has directed the best Fantastic Four adaptation. <laughs> or at least or at least produced it, was in charge of it, but yes. Yeah. Corman understands that the Fantastic Four should be a family. Yeah. And understood Doom as a character. Yes. I mean, you can't do Doom serious. You can't, like play Doom down at all, otherwise you'll lose what makes him do. Mm-hmm. Like, have you been reading the current Al Ewing Guardians of the Galaxy? Nope. So, they got to their, like, second part uh, relaunch, which is a nice thing to see, because it's like, okay, well, if you haven't read these past 12 issues, then here's your new jumping on point, and then it just comes in with a Doom like knocking out all the heroes and he's like you call yourself lord of the stars you call yourself a god of people and he's just blasting them down meanwhile i have only needed one title doctor and it's like hell yeah doctor doom fuck yeah hell yeah yeah i'm glad doctor doom gets to be full-on doctor doom again everyone loves the doom mm-hmm. yeah he's getting married he is yeah oh I was unaware. I I have mostly been sticking to X-Men books and then whatever Al Ewing is writing for Marvel. I have just been sticking to spider books and related properties. <laughs> well, I am glad... And then Carol Danvers and little Kamala Khan. I am glad we both get to read comics that we enjoy. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah Spider-Man's been good. Yeah. Uh, it it is just a weird thing to view from the CXF side, where they are just all really tired of what is going on with Spider Man and the Avengers. Yeah. But, uh, of it, Avengers is bad, Jason Aaron stuff. Ah, I have not read any of it. But that's because they all have bones to pick with Nick Spencer, and we'll just hate him regardless of his work. That's all I've learned from most of the spider people who hate the new Spider-Man. I mean, is he doing new things with Spider-Man? A bit. And you have him him living with Boomerang. That's been fun. And now we have the big relationship drama that's coming because Robbie Robertson is dating uh, the Beatle, which is Tombstone's daughter. Mm -hmm. And Joe Robertson has a history with Tombstone. That he does. Plus, yeah, the whole Harry Osborne's been trying to fuck over uh, Peter's life, which I enjoyed because they were. It was uh, it was Nick Spencer was just like, yeah, you know, when like they reset everything with one more day, and Harry Osborne's back and everything's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, why, why would they just be cool? Remember that time that like <laughs> he helped kill his dad and like all these other bad things that went down in their lives that we just kind of magically forgot about. Yeah, mm-hmm. Harry didn't forget about that. <laughs> 
wild. I have not seen anything that has made me really just want to go back and get into Spider-Man the same way that X-Men has been like, hey, here's a whole new continuity. Here's our brand new pitch and problems. And uh, I agree that makes that turns me off so much. What? All of the new X-Men stuff. I could not care less. I mean, it's all really well written. You like some Johnny Hicks. I liked his Avengers run and Secret Wars. You weren't a fan of his Fantastic Four? I don't like the Fantastic Four. Fair enough. And, I, and I've and i started to learn I like X-Men, but I only like very certain X-Men. That's also fair. What X-Men are you into, Devin? Like characters. Like what, what characters? I like Kitty Pride. I mm-hmm. like Psylocke. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like Jason Aaron's Wolverine and the X Men run. I liked all the ca- I liked the Quentin Quires. Um, I mean, all of them are doing stuff in books right now. Yeah, but then have to read about all those other characters I don't care about. I like armor. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, and Cyclops. Yeah, that's about it. Did, didn't take you for a Cyclops fan. Yeah. Yeah. Cyclops should kill I mean, Wolverine. I don't like Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> but they're now having sex on the moon. I've heard about that. That's it's great. That's, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Kitty Pride is now a pirate. Yeah, I got that too. And she's not a mutant mm. now. No, she is. Oh, now we're uh, now we're undoing that she's not not a mutant. They never said she wasn't a mutant. She just couldn't pass through the mutant gates for unknown reasons. Oh, that was because she wasn't a mutant. No. Yeah. Is it because she told Professor X that one time he was a jerk? <laughs> that would be hilarious. No, I mean, the whole amnesty for all mutants to come and live on Krakoa has been a fascinating turn. I see. Mm-hmm. When I was like, oh, hey, Mr. Sinister, you want to just come and live on this island? Y- you can't do anything highly illegal. And then he's like, oh, sure, I won't do that. Yeah, and I mean, even Psylocke's getting some interesting new stuff with the status quo that they had had, where it's just like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have this British girl be in a Japanese woman's body. And Which I get that to a point at the same time, like, I feel like no one remembers that she's a British girl. Yeah, but I mean, that's not the like, like I do, Like, honestly, I don't remember that most of the time. Yeah, but now they're, they get to be two separate people. Yeah, I guess. And they're, like, dealing with the fallout of that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about Love and Monsters? Not really. Is it worth a $6 rental? No. Um, no. Yeah. I watched it for free. It was very fun. But it's one of those, if you find it on Netflix at some point in time, or HBO Go, where I'm sure it'll probably be at some point, yes, I would recommend watching it. Netflix seems to have the international rights right now. Neat. Yeah, it apparently got released worldwide everywhere else except for America. Hell yeah. On the 14th. Yeah. Okay. Well, you want to uh, talk about I... our actors or actresses, Luke? I mean, this isn't cage cast, but sure. Fine. I mean, what else have you seen by director Michael Matthews? I have not seen nothing because he hasn't directed anything else. He's directed it. Uh, he directed a film called Five Fingers for Marcellus. 
fine. He's directed it. It's Marseille's, but. Uh, do I know Dylan O'Brien from anything else? I He is the I voice Bumblebee. of Bumblebee in the hit film Bumblebee. I do love the hit film Bumblebee. It was great. With great and acting, he was John apparent- Cena. Oh, and he was apparent. He was in an episode of New Girl. Neat. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, if I don't know if you. That. I don't know if you've seen the Maze Runner or not, but. No, I totally abandoned that property. Does that mean you watched one of them? No, I did not engage with any of it. I see. Then you didn't abandon the property, Luke. You ignored the property. I chose to not get into it at all. Is that better? That's better. And then I've apparently seen Jessica Henwick in The Force Awakens. Do you remember Jessica Henwick? Oh, I guess you didn't watch What's It Called. Because she's Colleen Wing in Iron Fist. No, because I didn't watch Iron Fist because I had to go to New York Comic Con where all I heard for the entire week and it was the beating of the heart. Nice. It sucked. Uh, she was well, great as, as uh, Colleen Wing, though. Fair enough. But she was Jessica Pava in Star Wars The Force Awakens, which was her character's great. And later went on to be in the hit Poe Dameron comic book series. What character, what did she do in Force Awakens? She was a member of uh, Black Squadron. She was one of Poe Dameron's like, uh, X-Wing pilot people. Oh, okay. Well, and then I know we both got a bunch Matrix of... going to be Matrix 4. Yay! Which, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's uh, a thing. Remember how those other ones ended and why there really shouldn't be a fourth one? Because Warner Brothers was afraid. Probably. Also because they kind of ran out of the Invisibles that they could adapt. But remember that time that they are bringing back Carrie Ann Moss, even though we clearly saw her die in the third movie? Yeah, but Morpheus turn, or uh, Neo turns into Jesus. Yeah, so Morpheus. Yeah, so honestly, Neo can come back, but to me, Trinity died like of the real world. <laughs> remember all those what pipes that kind of went into her body? But what is reality, Daddy? I guess, but at the same time, then we're also going to not bring Morpheus back because we're going to treat that stupid Matrix MMO that no one played as canon where he gets assassinated. Fun fact, that is why Morpheus is not back. <laughs> I mean, at least they're keeping like canon in a way like it's a dumb thing to do, but also I appreciate them trying to keep it. But if you can bring back a character that died in the movie that everyone saw, you can bring back Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> uh, uh, well, what else have you seen Michael Rooker in? Well, Michael Rooker, co-star of my favorite comedy of all time, Mallrats. Mallrats. Where he eats the chocolate-covered pretzel. I had actually watched a interesting documentary talking about VHS and sort of the powers that it had and how Mallrats was a movie that was not made for theaters. It was a movie made for VHS and like catching on cable. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I've been to the mall where they filmed it. They have 
renovated the mall and it does not look anything like it. That was I like, mean, same thing. Same thing with the Monroeville Mall where they filmed the original Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I mean, I've seen Rucker. He was in Tombstone. Tombstone's great. The father of the new Beetle? Yeah. Uh, let's see. We've yeah, seen he, Slither. Yeah, Slither's great. I mean, he's basically in all the James Gunn films, and James Gunn movies are all good. Uh, he was in Cliffhanger. Have you seen that, Luke? No. Cliffhanger's great. It's where Sylvester Stallone rescues people on the mountains. You may remember a parody of the opening of Cliffhanger from such hit films as uh, Ace Ventura 2. Remember when he loses the little raccoon at the beginning? Yes. Yeah, that's a parody of Cliffhanger. Because Stallone goes to try to rescue Michael Rooker's girlfriend. But basically that happens. And Mm -hmm. she dies. So then they're trying to stop some sort of bad guys who are going to like hijack something in the mountains. But Rooker doesn't fully trust uh, Stallone anymore. Uh, And resents it because his girlfriend died. We've also both seen Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Always. That's all I had. We've not both seen Days of Thunder, the hit Tom Cruise NASCAR film. I have been on the ride at Paramount Kings Island. That was a great ride. Mm-hmm. Too bad it's no longer Paramount's Kings Island anymore. No. Well, and I think they also turned it into James Bond. License to Kill. No, James Bond one was a... uh, What's it called? Oh, that was like a movie. Like a simulator movie. Yeah, so was Days of Thunder. Well, I thought Days of Thunder was just like the go-kart rides that you rode. No. So the action theater... Uh, that existed at Paramount Kings Island. They probably wrote Days of Thunder too, because Days of Thunder they also had is like was like the go karts you could also ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tell us more. Uh, so yeah, it was initially Days of Thunder when it opened in 1993, and then in '98 they transitioned it into the James Bond license to thrill. And then I think after that point, I never really wrote it again because we stopped going there as often. After that, it was the SpongeBob one. Yeah, which I don't think my family ever wanted to ride. Mm, I did ride it. Uh, it was not as good. Yeah. To be fair, the James Bond ride was actually really dope. Oh, yeah. And then it closed in 2013, apparently. No, yep. So we never got the Mass Effect video game tie-in. Damn. Or the Plants vs. Zombies tie-in. Damn it. Because they apparently just started turning them into video arcade shooting things. So that's also apparently what they did with the uh, Haunted Mansion ride when they turned it into the Scooby-Doo roller coaster. I love that Scooby-Doo ride. I had never rode it. I was a coward. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Oh, Michael Rooker was also in the new Fantasy Island movie, which you know what was fucking weird, but I was into it. 
I heard it was kind of like ridiculously dark. It was. Yeah, I mean, it was a horror movie. Yeah, but I mean, like, even the remake that they did with uh, What's-His-Face, uh, guy from Clockwork, Malcolm McDowell, like, got dark at some points, but never, like, to the point of, well, it was never solely a horror thing for the series. Yeah, I was going to say, this was the full-on horror thing. Yeah, the movie's dumb as hell, but it was really funny. Also, it had the best uh, cast stepbrothers that I've ever seen in a film, which we need more of. It had Ryan Hansen and Jimmy O. Yang as stepbrothers. Wild. It was. Uh, There's also Dan Ewing, who played the evil Australian boat captain who was really just going to sacrifice people. Hell yeah. I've seen him in nothing else because he's mostly just a uh, Australian soap opera actor. Which means that, yes, he was a Power Ranger in Power Rangers RPM. And soon we'll get bigger because he'll have to come play some sort of superhero whenever he gets the uh, starring role like what's-his-name did. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. Who also started his career as a Australian soap. And then Ellen Holman, who is also another one of the pirates, will also be in The Matrix 4. Interesting. Ooh, and she was and... the Scorpion King 4, too. Mm-hmm. We, Abby and I did finally watch the original, or the first Brendan Fraser of The Mummy. Which yeah. we had, had you seen not before. seen it? No. How? It was one of those things where if you forget, I was a coward child growing up, and then it's just one of those things where I never watched it. Uh, and then I did watch the animated series, which was a weird thing. Mummy animated series is great. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, hey, let's kind of do Jackie Chan adventures, but more globe trotting. Yeah. You have to watch the sequel to understand that one, because that's where the sun comes in. Mm -hmm. And then you have the choice, which is, do you go the Walmart, where they make their very, in my opinion, correct definitive statement on what is the correct er, mummy trilogy, or what other people say? What is the... Uh, The the Walmart box set uh, for the mummy trilogy is Mummy 1, Mummy 2, and then the Scorpion King. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Not As Mummy Three, to. because Mummy Three was bad. <laughs> also, didn't have money mummies. Mm-hmm. It had uh, Jet. I think Jet Li was the villain. And oh then, yeah, that's where he fights the Dragon Emperor. Or yeah. And then we replace Rachel Weisz with Maria Bello, and they try to make us pretend like we don't notice, but we do. <laughs> We have seen actor Bruce Spence, who just played one of the old guys in the movie, in a lot of things. Because he was in both Mad Max... He was in Mad Max 2. Wow, he's in a lot of things. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Because he was the pilot in both of those movies. Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. The Superior sequel. 
Uh, he was in Dark City, which I have not seen, but I've heard great things about. He was in Finding Nemo, The Matrix Revolutions, Inspector Gadget 2, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Yeah, Trafia, who which... wasn't that? Oh, he was the Mouth of Sauron in the Extended Edition. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Revenge of the Sith as Tian Midan, who... Yeah, I'm looking up who that is. Was, I don't recognize that. He name. was a Powin. Oh, um, no, 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 no. I remember him. You know those dudes who, like, wear, like, those big, like, long, like, collared red uh, shirts that had, like, the lines on their face? Yeah. It, yeah it's yeah, where, it's where he goes to fight Grievous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's that guy. Uh-huh. The guy who looks like he got run over by a tire. Basically. Ooh, it's an iPhone. Uh, I have not actually seen Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Treater. No, neither did I. I saw uh, the. But we did see Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. That one was okay. Mm hmm. So yeah, he's been a, a better than previous ones. Yeah, he's just been in a lot of things as an Australian is. actor. The little girl who Maybe. played uh, Minos played young Gamora in uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Ooh, but she and doesn't have a Wikipedia page yet. That's true; she does not. She was also the voice of uh, young Velma in the hit Scooby Doo film Scoob. And we'll play Tiny Tina in the Borderlands movie. Which have, you seen the ca- which have you seen the cast for that movie? I haven't looked at it. It keeps getting wilder and wilder. You got fucking Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Jack Black. Wild. I'm surprised that they haven't like brought in more of the voice actress from the game. Yeah. But also I know that Jamie Lee Curtis and Jack Black are hardcore gamers. Yeah. Well, plus we won Jack Black too. This is the time to get him because he's more or less retired from acting. Hmm. Because he wants to spend time with his family. Which fair. Good for you, Jack Black. Because he basically said, basically he's asked, which to me is like, I don't get why people haven't given it to him yet. Basically, he said, it's like if someone could just like give me a TV show where I can work like my standard eight hour days in like in his like town, because I think he was like in LA. He's just like, yeah, I do that. But it's like, I'm not going to like leave for like months on end. So I think we could see more of these voice acting type roles from Mr. Black since then he doesn't really have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd love to see more uh, love Jack, just Black. Jack Black stuff. Yeah, he is a undervalued actor. I have his new graphic novel he did. Ah, how how is it? It's good. Tenacious D did a graphic novel. Mm. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they weren't just like, oh, and let's make an NFT for it. They did not. It also came out like over a year ago. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people are slowly 
just like, hey, let's put out comics with our things. Like Ariana Grande apparently had a makeup set that came with a comic about it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, there's like a, there's like a full comic that like I got from like my comic shop. Mm. Well, I know Mindless Self Indulgence did one like a decade ago. Oh, okay. I mean, Gerard Way keeps making all of his. Yeah, but I mean, there is a difference between like Gerard Way, who's also been writing comics for a decade and who was like a DC line publisher doing it. True. Oh, but I mean, he did like his Umbrella Academy and, mm-hmm. and the tie-in graphic novel to the fourth My Chemical Romance album. Yeah, but it, it, it's not like, oh, hey, Keanu Reeves wrote this comic where it's like, oh, here's some ideas that we had. Or like the weird, hey, we're kickstarting a book that Stan Lee wrote before his death. Yeah. That one just kind of sent me because it's like, ah, Stan Lee hasn't really written anything all that great in years. He, they just use his name. Mm-hmm. And that's even did he even really write it. Yeah. Or was it just licensing because if Abby was here, she could get into issues of elder abuse. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of, what's it called? Movies of Crazy Cass. Can we talk about this movie that I don't know when it's coming out, but I'm very excited for it? Mm-hmm. It's called Spaceman. An orphan boy raised in the Czech countryside becomes the country's first astronaut. He is tasked with a solo mission to Venus, and while venturing into deep space, discovers a possibly imaginary giant alien spider. <sighs> Oh, okay. This is not. This is not Spaceman, the 2016 film that is the true story of former Major League Baseball pitcher Bill Spaceman Lee. No, I have no idea who that is. No, this is Spaceman, weird Czech countryside astronaut, starring as said Czech countryside astronaut Adam Sandler. Spaceman of Bohemia. With with co-stars Carrie Mulligan and Paul Dano. Right now? Oh, yep, yep. Uh, it is a novel adaptation. Wild. Yeah. Wild. I am very excited for that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we Everyone wrap say, up here... I'm sensing another spirit award for the Sandman. Did you ever see a Spirit Award win from last year? And his speech? What is it? Was Biscuit. that the one where he was Go like, ahead. screw you guys for the uh, for ignoring what I've been doing for years? Or No. That was a different interview. No, his, his speech that he did was basically, well, one, he basically did stand up for like five minutes, which was funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, who who else was he up against? Oh, it was like one of the kids from uh, Central Park Smart. Five. Yeah. But it was uh, he was like talking to them all. It's just like I just want you all to know that you are now all going to go down in history as the four men who lost to Adam Sandler. <laughs> and you could tell just 
who gets it and who does not. Weird Swedish man did not enjoy that joke. Central Park Five kid thought that was like the fucking funniest thing ever. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I, I think that kind of wraps us up for now. I am getting to the point where I just need to get outside of the house. Yeah, do some walking. So, Devin, where can people find you online? Well, that's right. You can find me online at uh, Fred Ofet. That's F-R-E-D-D-O, F-E-T-T. Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at, at Coltreg, K-O-L-T-R-E-G, where hopefully I will be hired soon so I can turn my Twitter off protected mode. But also, as a precaution, I did hide my uh, my name. But also, I am fully embracing the Gomez the Cat lifestyle. Uh, this has been Boys on Film, part of the unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage and other podcasts. Podcast, uh, since we theoretically only have two more episodes of the unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage coming up, yeah, uh, you know, well, we'll, we're also going to do the unbearable weight and incredible talent. I suppose ever that comes out, uh, yeah, uh, keep an eye on this field. There's been some stuff I've been looking at doing so thank you for listening to this and we will catch you on the flip mode peace peace see them watching movies and staying up past midnight Talking as the lights are turning on the so bright and walk right out to their own cars as to mics when they both get back, both get back. And I sense a discussion humming in a frenzy. All oh, they get to talk about some scenes, boys on film. Boys on film. Boys on film. Boys on film. Boys on film.